Glacier National Park. The higher the mountain, the stranger the gods that dwell there. I have seen all of the major national parks in the West, Yellowstone, Yosemite, and the Grand Canyon to name a few, but Glacier stands at the head of the class. Glacier is a place of such grandeur that life there is clothed in a dew of absolution. Sins are forgiven, not by a priest or a god, but by the purity of the place itself and by the willingness of the human spirit to accept its limitations in such a place and to walk humble under the clouds it can almost touch. The air is thin in Glacier and the veil between heaven and earth even thinner. High on the plateau above the visitor's center, where one is accosted by mountain goats grazing in summer, the thin air and the struggle to climb empties the heart of its impurities and fills it up with a hunger for more life, more of everything, more, much more. When one sets foot in a national wonder, a sense of greeting takes place. What one is greeting is Father Time. All the natural wonders of this world required time of such an infinite portion as to be incomprehensible to a man who in his hundred years thinks he has lived. Every formation of rock and earth is the offspring of a hundred million years of incubation. No wonder our breath is stolen from us in such glorious habitations. The truth does not meet us in high mountains, it clobbers us there. Glacier is one of those rare places where the rest of the world fades away and is replaced by a communion with forces seen and unseen. One connects in Glacier with the real, with the undisputed genuineness of life on earth. In this high place, a man breathes for the first time. When I first entered Glacier National Park, my expectations were low, so low that I expected to ride roughshod through it and exit the other side toward the Palouse and on from those rolling hills to home. My first glimpse changed my mind. A glorious lake that takes the steep slopes of the Rockies as its northern border frames the road from the east side entrance. The road through the pass is narrow and winding, made for cars built in the 1920s rather than for the road hogs of modern times. If one can hold tight enough to the road not to feel squeamish, the sights available to the eye are unmatched. Deep river canyons surrounded by high mountains and blue ephemeral sky. It is all so clear, so thorough. At first sight, the visitor's center on the high meadow appears like so many I have seen before, nondescript log cabin styling with an inadequate parking lot and waterless urinals. However, upon exiting, treasures await the uninitiated. Even in the height of July when I first went to Glacier, there was snow on the high meadows and the trail was rugged and steep, but all too tempting. I left the warm confines of the center and began my hike up the mountainside. Wildflowers whistled in the wind and ground critters bustled in a fabulous fury of summer feeding. Several families had spread out before me in various states of dress. Those fresh from the lower valleys where temperatures of 90 degrees were common soon found the bristling chill of the high air too much for their unclothed flesh. I must admit, I too was somewhat unprepared. Although equipped with a hooded sweatshirt, I had on tennis shoes slick and white and altogether inadequate for the snow and ice ahead. But I had no others, so up I went toward the sky and heavens, as if on a secret pilgrimage to unknown lands. Some may say that a hike is a hike, but this trek was no hike, more of a search. The trail on the lower section was well kept and covered in fine red rock, with the water trickles covered in sturdy decking. This soon ended, and with it, the resolve of about half the trail hikers. 
those predisposed to easy walks and climbs, gave up the ghost and made way for the foolhardy and determined. Before long, the manicured trail ended and was replaced by snow covered with ice. The exact location of the trail from this point on was a mystery. Most of the hikers just followed one another in hopes someone knew where they were going. I certainly did not. When lost, it is best to follow an indefatigable fool, as the wise man knows his ground but goes astray from the adventure. I walked, slid, stopped, breathed hard, and slid my way up the mesmerizing slope. Something lay at the top worth the trip, I felt certain. Here and there the trail would reappear and falsely lead me to believe ease was at hand. Man is always seeking the easy way, the effortless path, but it is life that chastens us to the understanding that it is the hard and simple way that has been prepared for our enlightenment. My shoes leaked and leaked well.